Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for September 1st, 2019. Proper 17. Uh, 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 what, what do we call it? Ordinary time? Not ordinary time. Not what, or- was the, what was the season after Pentecost? Season after Pentecost. Uh, 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 end of the summer, beginning of the school year. Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. Uh, lots of fun little labels for this. Uh, we are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And uh, we are going to be uh, uh, delving into some fun, uh, at least one fun reading. I know they're all as the fun. priest, I knew you were going to say that. They're all fun. Uh, we all know they're not all fun. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, so before we do that, let's get to the, uh, to the word of the day. Yes. Uh, and I chose a, a, a word uh, that involves, I'll give you a hint ahead of time, just in case. Just to get me uh, off track. That, uh, that involves heresy. <gasps> oh, oh. <laughs> but it was, on the, uh, it was on the website, and, and uh, everyone and now and again, uh, like Harry Potter, you have to delve into the dark arts. Um, so <laughs> today's word is manichism. Oh, man. This was literally on my ordination exam, and I'm drawing, therefore, a complete blank because of the terrors of that time. (laughs) (laughs) It blocked out. Yeah, I had to be able to answer uh, what a whole list of heresies were. And this, ah. this was one of them. So, so oddly enough, as as man of the cloth, you are also probably the most well versed in all the her- heretical teachings. That's right. I, <laughs> the duality the, of, of, of the nature of your job. You got to know what you're violating when that, it comes to words. Very, very good, very good. Well, manichism. Here's here's at least the definition on uh, the EpiscopalChurch.org library backslash mm-hmm. glossary backslash blah 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 uh the du- this dual dualistic heresy was named after manis a third century babylonian he taught that matter is evil and salvation consists in freeing the human soul from its commingling with the physical body the soul was understood to return to an original state of separation from everything material in a purely spiritual realm of light the movement emphasized self-knowledge and self Aesthetic, aesthetical uh, discipline. Yeah, and that's some have um, said this is one of our favorite current heresies, mm. where um, we tend to discount physical experience. We tend to um, downplay the um, very tight connection between spirit and physicality, mm-hmm. and it comes out of Greek philosophy, which was very dualistic. And is sort of a natural consequence of the idea that every physical, the Greek idea that every physical thing has a spirit side or a spirit mirror that is much more pure than the physical that's experienced. Mm. Uh, And so particularly for people that really, um, frankly, want to get away from the everyday, it, it was your favorite heresy. Because mm-hmm. nothing around you mattered. Mm. Um, and so the, the bad consequence was you could disregard the poor and those in need because their it, suffering was physical, was physical. And so it wasn't real. Huh. And the, and it was way too easy to discount the ministry of Jesus on earth because that was in the physical rather than the spiritual. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And uh, just so let's do a twofer uh, this week. Oh. Um, it's a word that you 
I've already mentioned uh, and was in the, the previous definition, but just for the sake of giving context to what heresy means, oh. uh, let's go. Let's let's see what the the Episcopal term heresy is actually defined as, because it's it's important. Sometimes I think people get a, a slightly skewed uh, right. feeling of what it, what heresy or heretical teachings actually are. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's defined this way: the term is derived from the Greek heresies which means choice or thing chosen. Traditionally, heresy was the sin of a baptized or professing Christian who denied a defined doctrine of the faith. Heresy is distinguished from apostasy, the abandonment of the church by one who denies the church's teachings, uh, and from schism, the fracturing of the church's unity for reasons other than disagreement in basic doctrine. Many of the classical formulations of the Christian faith were made by the ecumenical councils in response to beliefs that were later judged to be heretical. Right. And I realize as I'm reading this definition, there's like four more definitions <laughs> yeah. I probably could have dealt down. Um, but uh, um, but it kind of does define uh, the differences. So, so heresy is not the same as apostasy and is not the same as a schism. Uh, uh, so, but, so it's not so much the... Um, the the differing of opinion for for like a, a doctrinal formate like formative discussion of like what about this what about that uh, it's definitely um, uh, it's definitely not as it, like to 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 realize that we like we burn people at the stake from for heretical teachings uh, is does kind of seem as though like wow that's kind of a that's an extreme measure there uh, because it, it right. I, I mean, I suppose if like, if, if, if it was, you, you know, you are, uh, you are uh, changing the, the way you view something, but uh, still seems pretty. I would still say it's very extreme and inappropriate. <laughs> well, 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 I'll, I'll well, go further. Well, it's wrong. It's wrong. Okay, it's wrong. So nothing would garner, it would, would, would be uh, worth uh, burning at the stake for. for no, you. because <laughs> Just wanted to make sure that was clear. Yeah, and it probably doesn't need to be expanded on, but I'm an extrovert and an Episcopal priest, so of course I'm going to expand on it. There you go. That Jesus was should have been the last capital punishment, mm. Jesus dying on the cross. Very good. Yeah, uh, um, schism is, is, is an interesting one in that that's the, the it almost seems like a willful scra uh, fracturing of the unity yeah. of the church, uh, intentionally trying to... Uh, break this, break apart uh, uh, one's faith. Uh, well, the, and, you know, in the structure of the church, right? It's uh, and and all three of those are often used interchangeably in heated conversations, mm -hmm. uh, particularly on the internet these days. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of interesting to spend a moment ruminating on their nuances. It's been a long time since I've heard anyone use the the word apostasy. But I'm on different computer bulletin boards than you are. <laughs> Well, very good. Uh, now that we've delved into the, the dark arts of heretical teachings, uh, uh, tune in next week to, to see how else I could lead you astray. Uh, no, uh, let's, uh, let's move on to the readings for Proper 17. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one, uh, very interestingly, is going to not be a book that I think most listeners are familiar with, and that is Sirach? 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 Sirach. Sirach. Okay. Let's. Are we, are we feeling 100% confident or we're we just going to lay oh, that no, down? I, as though, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't just trying to get you to stop. Let us, let us just call it whatever. Joseph. 
the, the first read. Uh, uh, Sirach, uh, chapter 10, verses 12. This is uh, not a reading in, from the Old Testament. It is not a reading from the New Testament. Where's this one coming from, Bruce? It's coming from what's now called the Apocrypha. Which is not a heresy. Which is not a heresy. But, gosh, how to make this story short. In the... Apocrypha, 20 seconds, go. <laughs> During the Protestant Reformation, the um, reformers, let's say the Lutherans, wanted to get back to the best Bible translation possible. Mm -hmm. So they went to the local synagogue and said, let's see your Bible and we'll translate from that. And that Bible at that time did not have the, the books that are now in the Apocrypha for Episcopalians. Mm -hmm. The Bible that the Christian tradition had been using until that time did. Because in the time immediately after Jesus, these were in the Hebrew canon, in the Hebrew scriptures. Mm -hmm. But as the Jewish traditions, in a sense, started to tighten things up after their loss of the temple and their um, being spread out through the Roman Empire, they decided that these books, because they were written in Greek rather than Hebrew, mm -hmm. were not old enough and could not be fully trusted. Gotcha. So they were dropped out of um, the synagogue rotation of readings. The, so again, the Protestants say, okay, these are not going to be in the Protestant Bible. Mm -hmm. The Roman Catholics still have them all. And the Church of England and the Episcopal Church in our typical middle way said, we are going to have them in our Bible, but we'll put them in a separate section that we'll call the Apocrypha. And you don't have to uh, treat them as uh, the foundation of doctrine, as the rest of the Bible can be used but they can be used to illustrate a doctrine already formed elsewhere in the scripture. Gotcha. So they can be used as an example of a teaching elsewhere in the scripture, but they themselves cannot create it. And that has to do with some of the apocryphal readings talking a lot about the afterlife and the Roman Catholic Church taking those to create a concept of purgatory, which the Church of England is not comfortable with and, and does not have, and neither does the Episcopal Church. Gotcha. Yeah, very good. Uh, so, do, what do we know about the Book of Sirach? Is, is it uh, like is this is that the author's name? Is this a place? Uh, like, do we do we know anything about? Actually, it's his dad's name. Um, his his. First... I'm not Mr. Payton. That's my that's my father's <laughs> right. name. And to avoid confusion, it's called Sirach because the author's first name was Jesus. Uh, Different one. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, written. A couple, about, you know, roughly a hundred years before Jesus's birth. So again, by Old Testament standards, it's a very young book. Right. Um, and I'm sorry, two hundred years, not a hundred years, two hundred years. Um, and it's a favorite for a lot of people who either stumble upon it or it's already in their Bible, mm -hmm. because it has a very poetic structure to it, and. Um, almost reads like Proverbs. And so it's it's a good book to read, you know, four or five verses at a time maybe mm -hmm. and ponder those. It's a good book for meditation. Excellent. Well, I, I'm, I, in a way, I'm glad to hear that it came before uh, uh, Christ's time on earth because can you imagine following that and going, 
No, right. I'm not that Jesus. <laughs> right. <laughs> Different one. But it's a but, tough act to follow. And just to be clear, Jesus was a relatively common name. Right, 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 right. For sure. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's delve into this reading. Uh, starts in chapter 10, verses 12 through 18. We only get to read for any number of these books for, for like a half dozen times a year. So right. Let's enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, it says, The beginning of human pride is to forsake the Lord. The heart has withdrawn from its maker. For the beginning of pride is sin, and the one who clings to it pours out abominations. Therefore the Lord brings upon them unheard of calamities and destroys them completely. The Lord overthrows the thrones of rulers and enthrones the lowly in their place. The Lord plucks up the roots of the nations and plants the humble in their place. The Lord lays waste to the lands of the nations and destroys them to the foundations of the earth. He removes some of them and destroys them and erases the memory of them from the earth. Pride was not created for human beings or violent anger for those born of women. Interesting. Um, human pride. Uh, a, a, a fun topic uh, that we wallow in <laughs> yeah. daily. Um, but uh, I'm struck by the language here in chapter 14 kind of seems as though, like if this was a regular re reading uh, within the the Jewish faith, or at least a, a writing that would, would have been studied by, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, I'm not entirely sure how that works out for the Jewish faith as far as like, the, was it the readings are the Torah and then everything else was kind of... No, there... It, this would be among the set of readings that rabbis to, to this day will continue to refer to as part of the inherited um, insights of uh -huh. the Jewish tradition. It just wouldn't hold the same weight as the um, rest of what we call the Old Testament. Gotcha. Yeah, the books of the yeah the, yeah. the, the Torah readings. Uh, Which uh, technically, Torah's first five books of the Bible, and then there's um, writings, and then there's prophets. Gotcha. Interesting. In terms of how the Jewish... Bible is divided. Um, but what was I going to say about 14 was uh, uh, the Lord overthrows the thrones of rulers and enthrones the lowly in their place uh, uh, would have been, is kind of like that language that Jesus uh, yeah. uh, Christ uh, was trying to combat a little bit against when he was uh, in, in, in the time of his coming, which was, um, I'm not here for the throne itself, mm. though. Uh, so like kind of like this language kind of uh, feels as though like this, this this could be some of the formation of the mentality that he was right. combating against a, a lot. And especially if uh, knowing having the knowledge that this was one of the younger readings and more recent, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, maybe it wasn't as well studied, but it would have been oh, yeah. more fresh in uh, uh, the collective minds as far as like, you know, hey, this is more yeah. recent. This is part um, of the development of Jewish theology. Right. Because yeah. I'm not sure it. 100 uh, uh, BC, uh, which empire currently <laughs> was occupying uh, the Jews? Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. But uh, but it would have been uh, uh, this, it definitely was feeding into that more recent uh, ex human yeah. experience for for that group of people. Um, so talking about uh, laying waste to the lands of the nations, destroying them, taking the throne, uh, uh, removing them, and destroying them, uprooting them. Uh, really uh, uh, does kind of create an imagery that leads itself to kind of physical nation building mentality 
yeah. uh, I think, in a way, even though having the hindsight of 2,000 years and, and, and studying all the other different readings uh, that come after, we recognize that this also could have been language talking about, like, oh, that's maybe not what I meant. I really more meant, like, <laughs> this stuff doesn't matter, which is kind of the season yes. that we're in, is this stuff doesn't this physical right. stuff does not matter, which is why he overthrows the, the 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 rulers because it's a higher power. It's a it's yeah. it's it's a larger kingdom than what you can experience here on Earth. Right, and it it very much um, anticipates the Magnificat of Mary, um, found in the Gospel of Luke, that God lifts up the lowly, mm -hmm. and Jesus's teachings about the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Mm -hmm. That, you know, what we often think of as visible status for which we should strive either individually or collectively to be the, the, the greatest nation in the land of um, the Middle East mm -hmm. is something that God says, this doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You can see that. This is a good example of how what Jesus was teaching was not unheard of, mm -hmm. but instead was a, in many ways a reminder of what the holiest rabbis have been trying to teach for centuries. And Jesus um, was the embodiment of it. Excellent. Uh, the, the other question that I wanted to ask here is in uh, verse 18, Pride was not created for human beings or violent anger for those uh, born of women. Uh, does beg the question, then who is pride created for? Yeah. Or that, violent anger created for? Um, the, well, or the, is this, or is this more of a, uh, is this more of a statement of like, these things have no place? It's yeah. It's more of a poetic way of saying these things have no place. The um, Hebrew word could also be translated as assigned or allotted. So, oh okay. Even okay. though we grab it and utilize it, it's not our place. It wasn't meant for us. It wasn't meant for us. Gotcha. Yeah, but because we have free will, we get to use it. And that's interesting because so again, uh, going back to uh, you know. The, the, the studies of, of, of the time, all of, all of, you know, Jewish history and, and, and tradition goes, so this is kind of like a calling back to, uh, or, or maybe even create, supposed to create the mental image of uh, uh, Adam and Eve. They and could, like, yeah. The original intention was for you not to have any of this. Right, right. And uh, because of human frailty and failing and because of sin, uh, all of this has been, has been now put upon you and it's it no, was not, never not or, put upon not put you. Upon. You boil it up within yourself. Gotcha. See, cause part, yeah, part of this, the meaning of this, uh, it's sometimes hard to translate all the different connotations is that it's not God's fault. Right. That God does not intend us to be prideful. God does not make us angry. Um, it's instead part of the, uh, consequence of human, um, activity and free will that we choose to act that way and feel that way. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, anything else about Sirach? I think that's it for today. We could, once again, L I could go on L and on. Little known fact, uh, the base of Sriracha. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> similar spelling. It's very similar spelling. Not, not the basis. Of no, no. <laughs>
brings fire and no, I never mind. No. Uh, so let's move on to Hebrews. Uh, we continue on in Hebrews. Uh, the the the, the uh, chapter thirteen verses one through eight, fifteen and sixteen. Uh, so you'll already note uh, one thing that I will probably ask, uh, seeing as how there's a gap in between those verses. Um, but let's read that aloud. That goes. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Let marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Through him, then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to, to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Um, definitely continues on in the vein of, uh, of what Hebrews had been saying all, the, all along up, yeah. up until this point of, you know, it, 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 Give of yourself to others, to the lowly, to the poor. Uh, show mercy, compassion. That is God's kingdom, uh, uh, um, kind of God's kingdom incarnate. To, yeah, uh, um, in this day and in, age. In this day and age, right now. Um, um, it's interesting to me again that there is a gap. So I'm, I'm going to ask: Is there anything interesting in verses nine through fourteen, or does it like? kind of do like a sidestep and then come back to the point. <laughs> yeah, it, it's basically for the sake of time. Ah, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. This, this so is this, is, this, is, uh, this is our lectionary readings version of uh, yada, yada, yada. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on and on, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Uh, you know, the ruler of the kingdom. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Skip forward through right. him. Uh, okay. Um, anything, anything stand out to you about, uh, uh, Hebrews, because this is kind of like, a, and I'm sure intentionally so a continuation from Sunday to Sunday, from lectionary yeah, reading to lectionary reading, uh, very much, uh, a continually driving that point home. Um, and this is, this is the conclusion of the letter of Hebrews. Okay. So this is the end. Um, I mean, there are some, a few more handful of verses further, but this is a summary, really, of what the whole letter was getting at. Does that mean that this is the end of our uh, involvement of Hebrews? In the, it is okay. So we're all <laughs> yeah, we're all done. Uh, proper eighteen, uh, it moves on to a, to a new book. Yeah, uh, and and that's because we've read all of Hebrews, right? With the exception of handful of verses here and there, <laughs> with the exception of the yada 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 yadas, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's it is the summary of what the author was trying to communicate to the readers of the letter of um, what is everyday Christianity supposed to be, mm -hmm. and that really is, for the most part, the point of any of the epistles, regardless of who the author is. Is how do you live out the Christian life now? And that's one of the reasons they've 
uh, both survived and are so popular with Christians through the centuries is that in some ways they can feel more practical than the Gospels mm -hmm. or the Book of Acts. Yeah. Um, anything stand out to you? I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank on on, on Hebrews. It's kind of a <laughs> well, it's it is what we've been talking about. It is what it now. is. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Done that, done that, done that. Yep, yep, got Talked it. Talked about it. that. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so Luke. Luke. Luke 14, verse 1, uh, which I, I could probably answer my own question up, up front. It's the, 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 the verse is a setup, and then we skip forward to the point. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, verse 1, and then we skip forward to uh, 7 through 14. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees, to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the place of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor, in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place, and then in disgrace you would start to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down at the lowest place for that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers, or your relatives, or rich neighbors, in case they may invite you in return, and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Um, this is a familiar, uh, mm -hmm. or semi-familiar uh, uh, parable. I'm not sure how many Gospels contain it. Only this one. Only this one. Interesting. Yes, but it sticks in our minds. Yeah, it does. I, I would have guessed uh, it was more than one. Yeah, me too, actually. Um, I actually looked it up twice to make sure I wasn't <laughs> misreading. We wouldn't want you to lead us astray here. Exactly. Uh, uh, God forbid uh, we, we say something that's slightly incorrect. Uh, and uh, lives forever on the internet. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but, so in reading this, um, it, it like I said, I'm sure... Many of us have heard a sermon or two on this or read uh, something in, in regards to it. So um, I've heard a number of different points come out of, uh, of, of sermons, homilies uh, regarding this. But I think the, the, the by and large, the, the, the real point is um, uh, kind of similar to, to what we were uh, discussing um, uh, earlier today uh, about uh, prayer C. And that is that uh, we, we come to God from a place of humility, right? And to uh, to take the past couple of weeks readings uh, all the way back to when we were doing Jeremiah, mm -hmm. um, we were talking about um, how people sometimes people in this role of you know uh, religious service uh, do it out of a place of gaining honor or respect or favors or what have right. you and this is driving point the, the home of like the, the the point driving home the, the point. point of uh if you come uh to things at, from a place of humility you are much more likely to be accepted invited back 
uh, and and you would not necessarily be it, you, you wouldn't be doing it because you expect to gain attention or uh, a, a, a reciprocal invitation. You do this because this is this is what you're kind of called to do. Of not only humil uh, uh, humility, <laughs> come come to God with humility, but also invite those uh, and, and who who don't have uh, uh, share out of your abundance with people who don't have things. Don't mm -hmm. share out of abundance the people who have an abundance themselves. Yeah. Um, but anything else? Yes. But this may not be practical advice. Okay. See. One of the problems we do, we often do, one of the problems, one of the mistakes we often make with scripture is making it almost like um, something just to put on a sampler on the wall. Mm. That if this is just good everyday advice. Well, no, not really. Um, that this is supposed to be much more transformative than just good advice. Okay. There are a lot of settings where the way to promote our self interest our selfish self-interest is to push our way to the front mm. and make sure that we're uh, in the midst of every photograph and right. um, get our name on every piece of paper and promote ourselves. And there are, there are all sorts of business journals and books that say how to do that to get ahead in life. Right. And in business and other settings in life, it, that may actually be the practical way of going forward. What this teaching is about is how thou corrupt our souls. Mm. And that even though it's worldly wisdom, it actually can destroy who we are meant to be. Mm. That this is meant to be a very countercultural teaching. Okay. Rather than a practical one. And a big part of it is doing the opposite of what people expect and think is normal, which is putting ourselves first and our needs our desires first, and therefore leave, leaving room for God to operate because we're stepping back and letting the Holy Spirit fill us and perhaps fill the people around us so that what God needs to have happen, happens. Very good. Um, people, so, so when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Uh, so very countercultural. Uh, you wouldn't want. I guess you're right. Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily. Oh, I'm going to throw a party. I'm right. I mean, that's not supposed to be. When your child is turning five, make sure you invite all of the homeless people mm -hmm. from downtown. It, again, it's not practical advice. It's instead, well, let's see. How do I apply that to my five-year-old's birthday party? Invite the entire class, not just his friends. Right. So that no one's forgotten or left out. Hmm. Yeah, and, and and it does it does point out. I, I think the the other aspect of the counter countercultural uh, uh, teaching is you 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 do this not to be repaid in the way that you right. think is valuable, but you're actually doing God's work by uh, by by doing this countercultural thing, and you get repaid in a, a way that is is not monetarily not not worldly right. not of this earth it's uh it's it's a lot more forward thinking of a focus on the the things that matter delayed gratification yes yeah, yeah. uh anything else yeah there's work? there's one thing for once you didn't ask me about the part skip so oh, i okay. actually had something to say about that i just assumed it was a yada yada 
shame on me. It kind of is. Mm-hmm. What skipped is another healing miracle on the Sabbath, the fourth one in mm. the Gospel of Luke. And uh, the last week, you may remember, we had a woman healed on the Sabbath. Right. Here, it's a man. Okay. And the biggest thing I just want to point out this morning is that's the pattern in Luke, is that whenever there's a man who's the star of a story, there's always a partner story with a woman who's the star. Interesting. I don't. I don't know if I heard that. Yeah, it's it's fascinating how uh, for you know, forward thinking is a, a awfully um, insulting with faint praise way to put it. But mm-hmm. Luke is the feminist gospel in that way, where at a time when women were hardly ever written about, particularly in Jewish tradition, mm-hmm. Luke is very very intentional about having equal time for males and females. Uh, as Jesus is teaching, preaching, and healing. And that definitely would have been driving home the countercultural point. Right. Of, hey, you know, and let's let's listen to this story about, uh, uh, you know, someone who you don't normally hear a story about. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, um, that that's interesting. I, did, I don't know if I realized that. I would yeah. have to go. I need to go back then and read. Yeah, uh, so there's the parable of the lost sheep, which is a male shepherd. Uh-huh. There's the parable of the lost coin, which is a female looking for the coin. Uh-huh. On Over and over and over, huh. you'll see that happening. And it might take a few verses to get to the match, so to speak, the uh-huh. pairing, but it's it's there. Very interesting. Yeah, uh, that, that that I've not heard before. I'll have to, like I said, I'll have to go, I'll have to go and actually uh, read read the uh, the Bible on my own time, and, <laughs> and not just the lectionary readings assigned to me by the church. right. Because unfortunately, sometimes we'll skip the pair because it is the same teaching. Right. Well, especially from a from a the, the standpoint of of creating content for you know sermons right you yeah it would make sense not to be like and here's the same point right <laughs> <laughs> let me give you something a little bit different to play with and 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 to, and to preach on so that, mm-hmm. that makes sense that yeah. makes some sense um but uh um then then uh, all, the other interesting aspect of that is then that the church chose the 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 woman's story yeah. uh and and uh and focused on it for the for year c i don't know if how intentional choosing the woman's story was because um, in terms of the where it where it comes in the gospel of luke it is the first one okay of the pair so gotcha. it, it may have just been that but yeah why don't we give credit to the people who created Look, the calendar the book itself says he who is first is last <laughs> yes uh, and the last first so uh so uh, clearly not following that guideline uh, uh it's got to be intentional well very good uh i think that I think that'll close it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is your podcast for September 1st. Uh, we want to invite you to come visit us on Sunday. Uh, ch- uh, chapters. Man, I <laughs> this coffee is not doing me any justice today. <laughs> uh, 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 we, have, uh, uh, we have services at 8 and 10. We have adult forum and uh, youth group and children's ministry at 9 o'clock in between. Uh, we have uh, donuts afterwards, uh, mm-hmm. after after the ten o'clock uh, and, service, and coffee throughout and coffee the morning. All throughout, which apparently needs to be stronger. Um, <laughs> and uh, but uh, but thank you so much for joining us this week. And uh, my name is Ben, and I'm Bruce, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye.